Strengthen with might by the spirit in the inner man Revelation knowledge like never before Veils falling off Clarity coming this morning as we study The word of God instructing us in our hearts Thank you Father In the name of Jesus Heavenly Father, we come respectfully before your holy written word and we rejoice that your word is instructing us, your word is correcting us, and your word is bringing out your realities in us. So I pray that revelation knowledge is gifted everybody under the sound of my voice. Whatever is not planted by God is rooted out. Your people are built up, equipped, edified, and Jesus is glorified. Thank you, Father, for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious name, and every believer sees a powerful Amen. Lift your right hands to heaven. Let's release our feet together. As we say these words, I am born of God. I am born of the world. The word of God is my nature. I do not struggle to do the word. I do the word naturally. Therefore today, I will understand the word of his grace. I will be built up. By the end of this service, I will never be the same. Never ever be the same again. In Jesus name. And every believer says a powerful amen. Are we excited to fellowship in the knowledge of Christ in this service? Can we celebrate our fellowship with a shout? Glory! Glory! Don't your neighbor and say I'm glad to be in fellowship with you today. It's a joy to have you here. Amen. Are we excited? Grab your pen, your notebook, your Bible. You can be seated with your sweet, smart self this morning. Well, want to welcome everybody connected to this service by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, social media community, our brothers and sisters online. What a joy to have all of you connected to the service, guys. It's going to be an exciting adventure. You don't want to leave your friends out of the service, so share the video. Help us get the videos on all the platforms, put them on WhatsApp groups, you know, put them on Telegram, put them on, you know, all the platforms. And also share the videos on your pages, tag some people. Make sure you like the video, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, make sure you engage in the course of this service. And uh, we're doing an experiment, so we want all of you that have, uh, you have Twitter accounts, all of you that have Twitter accounts, both online in the campuses, you know, if you're watching on TV and you have a Twitter account, you're in this service here now, you have a Twitter account. I want us to tweet this service. If I say anything that you think needs to be tweeted, just tweet it, okay? Online tweet, 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 create t- tweets from what I'm teaching. And just the hashtag for the tweets, uh, uh, hash NCCM2023, hash NCCM2023. Hash NCC New Creation Camp Meeting 2023. Let's tweet and let's tweet as much as possible. I want us to just, we're checking out something on Twitter. So help us tweet and let's just get it all over Twitter. Everybody that has a Twitter account, let's go to work in the course of this service. We also want to welcome all of you connected by way of radio in Aquaibom. We're glad to have all of you in the service. Call a friend, a loved one. Ask them to tune to this radio station right now. Life is flowing through the airwaves. All our campuses around the world, brothers and sisters, we're so glad to have all of you citizens. What a year to be alive. Our mandate this year is to continue in the advancement of the message of Christ. 
equipping believers to know who they are in Christ, what they have in Christ, and what Christ can do through them. I also wanted to remember that as a church, this year we're committed to evangelism, discipleship, and establishing strong local assemblies all over the nations of the world. All right, let's get in the world. We're still examining spiritual growth. The book of Second, I mean, First Peter, chapter two, verse number two. First Peter, chapter two, verse number two. Brother Peter is writing, and he says, "As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby." Remember, we established the other day. The word "thereby" means in it or in that you may grow in. Okay, that you may grow in in salvation. So the growth is growth in salvation. We've established that your spiritual growth does not benefit God. Your spiritual growth does not benefit you. Spiritual growth only benefits others. Spiritual growth is amongst men. Because the beneficiary of your spiritual growth is others. The book of Matthew chapter 5 verse 16. That's where we stopped and we're going to shoot. Matthew chapter 5 verse 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven. And glorify your father. So your good works will be before men. It's always before men. It's men that must receive your spiritual growth. God does not use your spiritual growth. Men are the ones who receive from it. So as a believer, you have to keep growing. Okay, you have to keep growing. And uh, it's important. In the book of Acts, let's do some study. In the book of Acts, look at how they pick Matthias. From John's baptism. They say whoever will replace Judas Iscariot must have been with them from John's baptism. Till the day Jesus was taken. Look at the duration. Look at the consistency. Look at the commitment. Why was it important? Because we must see you. We must see you in the local assembly. We must see you serving. We must see your exemplary life. We must see your commitment before responsibility is committed to you. It's so important. Spiritual growth, the beneficiaries are the people you live among. In Acts chapter 6 verse 1, they were looking for deacons. Acts chapter 6 verse 1 and look at what they said and in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied there arose a murmuring of the Grecians among the Hebrews against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministrations. Next verse. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said it is no reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Next verse. Wherefore brethren look ye out among you Take note of that. Look ye out among you. Seven men of honest report. Look ye out. So these are people you know who are of good report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. You look out. He didn't say God will select them. You look out seven men from amongst you. That means they must have exhibited spiritual growth amongst you. You must have seen that they are growing in order for them to be appointed as deacons. People who avoid the local church are usually among those who have very bad conduct. People that avoid the local church. 
People that have an allergy against the gathering of the saints. People that always avoid being in a local assembly where they fellowship with the brethren. Usually, they have problem with bad conduct. Very bad conduct. He says there must be men of honest report. That's number one. Men of honest report. The word honest is the word materio in the Greek. It means a third party witness. Honest report. What are people saying about that brother? What are people saying about that sister? Who knows you in the church? If nobody knows you, then nobody can trust you with leadership. Nobody can trust you with service. Nobody can trust you with responsibility. Because your spiritual growth must be experienced by men. You become an example of believers. So your exemplary disposition must be experienced by believers. Look ye among ye, men of honest report. So if you are growing spiritually, men will know it. If you are growing spiritually, men will know it. Look ye out among you. The word look ye out among you is the word episkehomai in the Greek. E-P-I, E-P-I, S-K-E-H-O-M-A-I, E-P-I, S-K-E-H-O-M-A-I. It means to choose by judging. Select. To choose by judging. Select means that everybody is not like that. So look among you. Let's see those who are full of the Holy Ghost. Let's see among us those who are of honest report. And those with wisdom. Some people are constantly apologizing for coming late or being upset. Every time there's a meeting where they are supposed to be, they must have an excuse. They are always taking permission. They are not consistent. You cannot trust them. They are not reliable. You know that once you give them a responsibility, it will be waiting for you. Such people are not growing. Spiritual growth makes you reliable. It makes you dependable. It makes you trustworthy. Yeah, spiritual growth. It makes people can count on you. People can depend on you. Honest report. And those people are a bad example. Very bad. They are not example of believers. You can't even handle two people. You can't oversee two people. And you have opened a Facebook page to be preaching. You can't oversee two physical people and disciple them and pastor them to growth. But it's easy to open a Facebook page and just be fiery and be fiery. But you cannot labor among men. Ministry is not firing on Facebook. Social media is good, but it has its limits. You can't do full ministry on social media because ministry is about physical gathering. Ministry is about meeting people physically. Care for them. Hold them accountable. Supervise their growth. Discipline them. Rebuke them. Correct them. Attend to their needs. If they have problems, you, you attend to their problems. You can't do that on social media. Social media is good, but it has its limits. God didn't allow for the local church to meet on social media. The local church is a physical gathering. That's why we have fellowship. We pray together. 
We minister to one another. Even our, that is why we have campuses. We could have allowed people to follow this ministry online in the comfort of their houses with a cup of coffee, watching TV and hearing me preach. But that's not church. That's not church. Church is a physical gathering where you meet people, touch people, hold people, pray for people, hug people, embrace people, look into people and know when they are in need and see how you can bring edification, you bring ministry, you bring a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. All that cannot be done online. Just like I always say, you can't pregnant your wife online, no matter how much you love her. No matter how much you love your wife, you can't pregnant her online. There's no army in the world that, that train their officers online. No army. It will be a, it will be foolhardiness for any army in any nation to engage in training their defense officers online. It has to be physical. If the physical situations at such cannot be done online, how much more the church of Jesus Christ? The body of Christ. Well, some people say, I don't go to church because I was abused in my former church. Well, sorry about it. But you can't just sit down and be nursing the wood all your lifetime. You can't be nursing the wound all your lifetime. There are other places. Somebody say, well, I don't think there are other churches. You are being proud. God said to Elijah, there are 7,000 in this city that have not bowed their knees to Baal. There are 7,000. God wants you to be part of a local assembly because that is where we will feel the impact of your spiritual growth. That is where we will look out from amongst us. We will look out because we are together. We will look out, honest men, full of the Holy Ghost, men of good report. How do we know you are a man of good report? Not on social media. Not on social media. Some people have been sending offerings to one Abel Damina somewhere. Somebody opened Facebook page. And they are sending him money. And then they are writing emails to our office that please, that money they borrowed, we should return it. Which money? We borrowed money? Well, some people is good for them. It serves them right. Because instead of going to the right page, they go to the wrong page and they go there and send money. Meanwhile, maybe if they had come to the right page and we ask for offering, they will not give up. They will not give up. One even say, prophet, that prophecy you gave, I'm still waiting for it to happen. That prophecy you gave me, gave you prophecy, and you gave me money. Not here. Not here. But you see, that's why the physical gathering is critical. It's of the essence. We have put disclaimers on social media till we are tired. Any page that is not at Abel Damina, public figure, don't go there. We even have a verification on our pages. So that you know this is the page. There are charlatans all over the place. There are foresters. We can't stop them. We can only create awareness as much as possible. Am I communicating at all? Am I communicating at all? Look among you. Select men that we see. Because these were disciples. Mathathies. Someone who is learning. Someone who is applying mental effort. Why were they called disciples? Because they adhere to the apostles' doctrine. They adhere to the apostles' doctrine. That's why they were called disciples. You cannot, you cannot raise disciples online. Disciples are raised on sight. Disciples are raised on sight. 
Jesus didn't raise disciples online. The Bible says he called them to be with him. To In raising disciples, they must be with you. That means they must be in a physical location. You may not be in Abel Damina's location, but I have appointed coordinators, physical people that are there with you on site, that are trained and equipped to help believers in their locality to grow together and maximize the purpose of God for their lives. Am I teaching good? Yeah. You can't keep staying online. How long will you hold between two opinions? You can't keep staying online. Online is good to a point. But when you begin to grow, you will discover that you have outgrown online. You now want to meet physically. You want to pray for brethren. You want to minister to people. You want to lay hands on people. You want to be responsible for influencing people to do righteousness. You outgrow that. I'm teaching good. The word doctrine, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Put it up. Acts chapter 2 verse 42. Acts 2 42. In Acts of the Apostles. And they continue steadfastly in the Apostles' doctrine. And fellowship. And in breaking of bread. And in prayers. All of this can only be done physically. All of this apostolic tradition. They continue steadfastly. So there was a steadfastness in their meeting. Just like we're meeting every day here. Steadfastly. In the Apostles' doctrine. The Apostles' didache. In the Apostles' specific teaching. And fellowship. You can't fellowship alone. Fellowship has to be physical with one another. And in breaking of bread. Now, breaking of bread there is not holy communion. No. It's not holy communion. Breaking of bread there is love feast. Love feast. When people gather and everybody bring food from their house and we eat together. That's the breaking of bread. There are terms you must understand when it comes to uh, scripture. For example, there is what we call Passover. There is what we call breaking of bread. There is what we call supper. The Lord's supper. Okay? They are all different. They are all different. Breaking of bread is love feast. Passover is what they now rebrand as holy communion. Passover. Breaking of bread is love feast. The Lord's supper is evening food. Like dinner. Supper is dinner. Okay? What they call holy communion is the Passover rebranded. I've done a teaching on it. Okay, I need to sort that out. So, they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread. They were eating from house to house. They were fellowshipping together and eating and in prayers. The apostles detaching a particular teaching. That means in the fellowship of the saints, we will look at you. We will look at you very well. Then when we look at you, we know you, we see your growth. Then we appoint you to serve the body. Look out among yourselves. Look at Acts chapter 8 verse 3. Acts of the apostles chapter 8 verse number 3. As for Saul, he, he made havoc of the church. Entering into every house and hailing men and women committed them to prison. Next verse. Next verse. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Give me from verse 1. From verse 1, quickly. Acts 8, 1. And Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Verse 2. And devout men. That's the word I was looking for. Devout men carried Stephen. Devout. The first one is honest report. Men of honest report. 
Number two, devout men. Devout men. The word devout men is a Greek word, eulabies. Eulabies is E-U-L-A-B-E-A-S. Eulabies. Those who handle things well. Devout men. Those who handle things well. Men of reverence. Men who are careful. They handle things well. They are men of reverence and they are careful. You will see that word devout men. Quickly, let me give you some exegesis. In Luke 2.25, read when you get home. Luke chapter 2 verse 25. Acts chapter 2 verse 5. Acts chapter 22 verse 12. Luke 2.25. Acts 2.5. Acts 22 verse 12. Men who are careful and reverential in their conduct. Men who are reverential in their conduct. In Acts chapter 9 verse 10, we saw a man by the name Ananias. Someone who was a disciple. Someone who was learning. A disciple. So there are things we call people because of what we saw. What we saw, we call them. They saw discipleship in them. They called them disciples. In Acts 9 31. Acts 9 verse 31. They then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. They were walking in edification. In edification. The word walking there. They were walking is the word poroi in the Greek. P-O-R-E-U-O P-O-R-E-U-O-M-E-I It's a word used for a journey. Walking. So people were making progress. Spiritual progress. The kind of progress you can see. They were walking. Acts chapter 11 verse 23. Acts chapter 11 verse 23. A lot of scriptures but good for your saintly dignity. Who when he came and had seen the grace of God was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they will cleave unto the Lord. Next verse. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith and much people was added unto the Lord. He was a good man. Did you see that there? He was what? A good man. They could see it. Who said he was a good man? God or believers? Believers could see it. That's a good man. Acts 14.23 Acts 14.23 And when they had ordained them elders in every church and had prayed with fasting, they commended them to to the Lord on whom they believed. They commended them to the Lord. So some people were called elders. They had appointed elders. An elder is a matured person in the congregation. A maturity is not age here. The maturity is not age. It's seen over time. Over a period of time, we can identify those who are elders among us. Those who have matured. Those who have grown. 
those that the word of God is beginning to show in their attitude. It's not age, it's maturity. One of the ways you know an elder is, he is in the assembly for a long time. It's not all this fly by night. Where people come to church within a few weeks, they have, they have taken off. No. An elder is one that is consistently, constantly, constantly stable. Learning and growing. We know elders amongst us over time. We have seen them develop. We have seen them grow. And we have seen traits of spiritual maturity in them. You can see that in Acts 15 verse 6. Acts 15.22 and Acts 15.23 Acts 15.6.22 and 23 The word elders was repeated in Acts 15.32 Judas and Silas were called prophets So you see that is these matured people that are giving responsibility People don't just fly overnight to become something No, people grow over time They grow over time Are you following? People grow how? Over time. In Acts 15, 40. Acts chapter 15, verse number 40. And Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. The church recommended Paul and Silas. So the word elder is the word presbyterios, presbyterios, used for matured people. In the natural, do you know when people mature? Huh? Yes. So spiritually, you will see it. That this brother has grown. He talks well. He reasons well. He takes responsibility very well. That's maturity. In Acts chapter 16, those descriptions, we can call them adjectives. The adjectives of growth. They were adjectives that men describe the conduct of Christians with. Look at Acts chapter 15 verse 1. Acts 15 verse 1. And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, Give me 16 verse 1. Acts chapter 16. Then came to Derbe and Lystra and behold a certain disciple was there named Timotheus. The son of a certain woman, which was a Jewess and believed, but his father was a Greek. Next verse. Which was well reported of, which was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. He was well reported of by the brethren, well spoken of. They, they spoke well of him. What do you think they will say? testimonies about his spiritual growth. They say, ah, we know this brother. We know when he came to this church. We can see what God is doing with him. We can see he is growing. We can see the influence of God's word in his life. We can see the impact of the fruit of a Christian in his life. Yeah. They can see. The other day within the week, uh, Walter, one of our district pastors, was leading prayer here. And I could see people online making comments. Ah, Walter has grown. We know when he came. We know when he used to ask questions. Now he is even ministering and fulfilling ministry. People are commenting on social media. Because when you see people that are growing, it's obvious. You're in church five years. Even me, I, I'm not, I, I don't know you. I don't know you. 
five years in this church, I don't know you. You have a conduct problem. You have a conduct problem. Because if you don't have a conduct problem, how can I be your spiritual father and you don't want to meet me? What? Are you hiding something? We don't know you. You are in this church 10 years. Sometimes when people walk up to me and say, I've been around since 1990 something. In this church. And I don't know you. Well done. No. Well done. <laughs> well done. You have achieved something. We've got to know you. We've got to know you. It is in knowing you, we can now begin to access your growth. It is called oversight. Whom the Holy Ghost has made you oversee us. I can't oversee, I can't oversee something, somebody I'm not seeing. We can't oversee you if you are in isolation. You've got to belong. You've got to be in a house center. You've got to be in a Sunday school class. You've got to be in a, a group where somebody is overseeing you on my behalf. So that way, I have reports of your growth. I have reports of your development. You have to belong to a campus where there's a campus coordinator over you. That way, I know you. I know your growth. I know your development through your campus coordinators. All our campuses around the world, I have continuous report on people that are growing, how they are growing, the impact they are making. They may not know me, but I know what they are doing in those campuses. Why? Because it is called oversight. We oversee what you do. Because when we see Jesus, we will give account of this stewardship. You can't, you can't just be avoiding us and be, and, be, and be fluid. Fluid in the church. When we are trying to catch you, you are fluid. Then when trouble hits you, 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 now, you now come and stand. I am here. I need help. From which mango tree did you fall? I've been here for 10 years now. Ten what? Who knows you? They don't know me, but I know them. <laughs> we don't know you, but you know us. <laughs> Dakada. <laughs> it's called utterance. Praise God. Well, for the international community, those were some tongues. You need some interpretation. Praise God. Don't your neighbor say, do we know you? I'm serious. Look at your neighbor very well and say, do we really know you? Because you have to be known. Hallelujah. In Acts chapter 18, verse 7 and 26, you see the story of Priscilla and Aquila. They were known. Acts 18, verse 7 and 26. Priscilla and Aquila were known. In Acts chapter 20, verse 18 and 19, Paul went to Ephesus. See the things they said. Acts 20, 18 and 19. Put it up. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, You know, you what? No. From the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons. Next verse. Next verse. Serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews. You know. Ephesus, 
you know. So spiritual growth is what people will see and what people will know. Serving the Lord with all humility of mind. You can see it. He said there are these are things you know. Look at verse 28 and 29 of Acts 20 in Ephesus. Acts 20, 20, 28 and 29. Take it therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he had purchased with his own blood. Next verse. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. They shall enter in. That's why we need to know you. We need to know you because that's the only way we can protect you from wolves. Because wolves will come. But if we know you, and we know everybody. We can identify wolves without waste of time. See, I hear you. Yeah, wolves. He said they will not spear the flock. They will not spear the flock. Which is very bad. Now look at verse 33. Acts 20. Verse 33. I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. He boldly said, look, I've been among you people. I have not coveted your silver, your gold, or apparel. You can see it. I can say the same in this church. I have coveted no man's silver. I have coveted no man's gold. I have coveted no man's apparel. I'm your pastor. I have never written you a personal letter begging you for money. Not once. I don't write appeal letters. I don't beg for money. I don't call you and give you prophecy and ask you to drop a dangerous seed. You know me. I have behaved myself among you all. True or false? I've not coveted anybody's property. There's never been a day they say it's, it's in police station. Let's gather money and go and bail Papa. He took one loan like that he could not pay. Let's go and bail, bail who? Now. I'm 30 something years in a quiet 30 something years I have lived among you. I've lived among you. This small Uyo, everybody knows everybody. I have lived here. And you will not hear such a testimony on my head. Spiritual growth is what you can see. Your character, your behavior is what people can see. See, I hear you. Put up the next verse. 34. Ye, I mean ye, ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessity. And to them that were with me, you know that I have strived to make sure that I'm able to take care of my issues. Yes. Take care of my responsibilities. Take care of my stuff without defrauding anybody. That's a testimony that can be seen. One of the things we instruct all the staff in our offices, don't lobby around any man's resources. When you work in our office, you don't lobby around members. You don't lobby around people's resources. You don't. Be contented. One of the things I teach everybody around me is contentment. If I have okrika, I'm contented. Okrika means second-hand clothes. I'm contented with bread and tea. I'm contented to drink gari if I cannot afford chicken. I don't have greed. I don't have issues. I don't have issues. I'm a contented person. And I'm happy to be the way I am. After preaching prosperity, you must be a contented person to denounce prosperity 
and stay without preaching it. Am I talking here? I mean, my testimony is before the whole world. I'm a contented individual. None of you, none of you in this church will say I've ever texted you or written you or called you and say, please, I'm in trouble. Rescue me with 5,000. 5,000. None of you. Both those that are dead and those that are alive. Because there are members in this church that have died and there are those that we are still alive. None of them. None of them. He said, you know, my hands have labored to take care of my necessities. I have used my hands to do things that will give me income so that I will not be a burden to you. I have a right to come here and be asking you to take care of me. Because they that preach from the pulpit must eat from the pulpit. But I have decided I will not bother you with such things. If I'm asking you for money like I'm doing and I'm going to do after this service, it is for the vision. It is for the mission. It is for the assignment. It's not going to my private pocket. It's not coming to give me bread. It is for our collective responsibility as a mission to advance the cause of Christ on earth. See, I hear you. Yeah. I can come here and say, power city. I need money. I need it. Give me. And you will give me. You will give me. Ah, you will give me. You will give me. If I ask generally, you are acting funny. Uh, one by one, you come. How much can you give? You come. I'm your pastor. Be writing now. Be writing now. You say 5,000. How about you? Five, okay, Papa, I'll make it 10,000. How about you? It's okay, Papa, Papa, 20,000. Okay. Write it down. You don't try. What? Before you know it, I'll go around and I'll collect all the money. True or false? And it's not stealing. Is it stealing? It is my right. But I wave it so that I can be an example among you. Yes, so I can be an example. So when a brother in this church starts writing you and texting you, borrow me, you know, borrow me. Report him. So we can disgrace him. So that everybody can mark him. Say I hear you. You don't go around begging people. You don't go around begging people. If you have a need, there's a proper way to do it. There's protocol in this church. There's a proper way to present your needs. So that there's no chaos. So that things are done decently and in order. Somebody shout order. Exactly. We love to help. We love to assist. I mean, we, we are our brother. You are our, we love you. But things must be done decently and in order to avoid chaos. So spiritual growth is always a testimony. You yourselves know. It's always a testimony. Acts 21 verse 8. Acts chapter 21 verse number 8. Put it up for me. And the next day, we that were of Paul's company departed and came unto Caesarea. And we entered into the house of Philip the Evangelist, which was one of the seven, and abode with him. They called him who? Philip the what? Evangelist. That is reputation. His reputation among them was that he was an evangelist. Look at Romans chapter 16. Let's look at a few reputations in Romans 16 verse 1. Romans chapter 16 verse number 1. Put it up for me. I commend unto you Phoebe our sister, which is a servant of the church. Oh brother. A sister is a servant of the church. That means she is a blessing to the entire congregation, which is at St. Crea. She's a servant. She serves the church. You know those kind of sisters that when visitors come to church, 
They are sent to their house. When people come, they are sent to them. Sister, so cook, 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 cook for us. Cook for us. Send food. Visitors have come. Visitors have come. Sometimes we have responsibilities. Mrs. Praise. Elder Mrs. Praise. Food. 50 people. Pastor Ada. 50 people. That's the kind of thing Phoebe. She was serving the church. She was a blessing to the church. She's the kind of person that could be called upon and asked to make food available for people to eat. And she is never relenting. She is not full of excuses or stories. She is available to serve the church. She was a servant of the church. That's a reputation. See, I hear you. That's a reputation. Visitors come, they say you should take care of them. Tell them. I hope you all have your transport. Because we're going to use Keke now to carry all of you. You have your transport here? Okay. On the way, we'll stop at Mama Put. We'll stop where? Why are you afraid to go? Stop where? You know Mama Put? Restaurant. In Nigerian vernacular English. Local restaurant. So Mama Put is for 400. I hope all of you have your 400. Because the church just told me today that there are visitors. I didn't prepare for this. Oh yeah, oh yeah, four four hundred. Bring it. Okay, let's enter. <laughs> and you are supposed to be a wealthier person to look after visitors. You are not a servant of the church. Your reputation stinks. You have a smelling reputation. You are not fit to represent the body of Christ. He said, "This sister was a servant of the church." Look at verse two. She has succored many. Put it up. Romans sixteen. That you receive her in the Lord as becoming saint. And that you assist her in whatever, whatsoever business she had need of. For she had been a socorrer of many and of myself also. Paul said, even me, her liberality and her service has comforted my soul. She has blessed many that pass by. Her house is brethren's restaurant. Her house is a place where brethren who are in need... No, if they go, they will find food to eat. That's a reputation. Verse 3 and 4. Look at another reputation. Romans chapter 16, verse 3 and 4. Great Priscilla and Aquila, my help. They are names of people being called. There's nothing wrong in calling people's names who are exemplary in a church. And there is nothing wrong in calling people's names who have bad conduct. When your behavior is bad and we have tried to help you, you cannot, we will announce you so that everybody will mark you. Paul said his name is Demas. Demas. Anywhere you see Demas. Another one. Alexander the coppersmith. He has done me much evil. If he, if he was not afraid of me, your pastor, your own, he will finish you. Avoid it. I'm teaching good. We recognize those that are exemplary and those that are dangerous. We also announce them. It's not that is walking in love. That is the real love. Sir, why are you disgracing people? They are disgraceful. We disgrace them because they are what? They are disgrace. They are conduct. If we don't announce them, it will not only hurt them; it will hurt everybody. So to avoid bringing pain to everybody. We announce them so you mark them. See, I hear you. That's spiritual growth. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers. My what? My helper. Oh. <laughs> my, helper. 
my helpers in Christ Jesus. That's a reputation. That is what? That's a reputation. What are you known for? Bro, sister, what are you known for? In this church, what are you known for? In your campus, what are you known for? In that your campus, what are you known for? If tomorrow the chronicles of time will be written, what will your name be written against? Supportive or destructive? An addition or a minus? What are you known for? How positive is your contribution? What a way to start the year, man. It's work. Look at the reputation. Verse 6, 8, 9, and 10. Put it up. Verse 6. Romans 16, 6. Greet Mary, who bestowed much labor on us. Much labor. Verse 8. Salute. Verse 8, brother. Verse 8, verse 8. Greet Ampelias, my beloved in the Lord. Ampelias. Verse 9 and 10. Salute Ubani, our helper in Christ. And Eh? Ubani. Ubani. You like the name? It's registering, eh? One of you can give it to your first son. Ubani. Mr. Ubani. Put it up. <laughs> Salute Ubani, our helper in Christ, and stitch my beloved. Verse 10. Stitch. Salute Apelles. Remember, these names are not our local language. <laughs> Salute Apelles, or Apelles, approved in Christ. Salute them which are of Aristobolos. Aristobolos household. Who are what? That is, Aristobolos household had a reputation as a house center that was exemplary among house centers. It was a house center that everybody took note of. Because of the impact of their ministry amongst the brethren. Your house center can become outstanding by its commitment and service and ministry to the house of God and to the community. So salute them. He didn't just say salute one person. Salute all of them which are of Aristobolus household. That's a reputation. They have been proven and tested. Proven and tested. In verse 12 and 13. Verse 12 and 13. 16. Salute Terepina and Terephosa who labor in the Lord. Salute the beloved passes which labored, labored much. These are ministries. Evangelism. Discipleship. They labored much. Put it up. Labored much. Labored much in the Lord. Verse 13. Salute Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother and mine. These are descriptions. People that people have seen. When you say people are approved in the Lord, it's a Greek word, dokimos. Dokimos. That is, you have proven this person. It's the same word brother Paul will use. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Someone tested. He is tested and he has the fruit of the spirit in his work amongst brethren. 
First Corinthians eleven nineteen. You can write down and study at home. The same word approved. First Corinthians eleven nineteen. Second Corinthians ten eighteen. Second Corinthians thirteen seven, and James one twelve. These are believers. But look at something that is important. Romans sixteen seventeen. Getting blessed. Romans sixteen seventeen. Now I beseech you, brethren. Mark them in the same chapter. Mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. They are brethren. They too are brethren. Mark them and avoid them. He now talks of other believers. These are believers. So, as we have seen, those who are proven that way, we also have seen those who are proven otherwise. We have seen those that are proven positively and those that have proven are proven negatively. Verse 18 of Romans chapter 16. Verse 18. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. They are not serving Christ. They are just in church for food. For material gain. And by, by good works, good words, and fair speeches, sweet mouth, they deceive the hearts of the simple. They are, other, they are believers who, these people is talking about their believers. They are believers. They are such, they serve not our Lord Jesus Christ. They serve their belly. Yet there are these same people who have received these same people that he's talking about that serve their belly. They have received the gift of righteousness. They are the same people he wrote to in Romans chapter 1 to 11 who are sons of God. They have the spirit of adoption. But look at their conduct amongst believers. They deceive brethren. Fair speech, sweet mouth. They don't serve the Lord Jesus Christ. They only serve their own belly. Are they growing? Huh? No. First Corinthians 1 11. Here is Paul. First Corinthians 1 11. For it had been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Cleo, that there are contentions among you. He calls them divisions. These are people he just told them that they are sanctified in verse 2. <laughs> After he says they are sanctified, now say, but there are divisions. He told, he told us in verse 7, these same people, he said they come not behind in any gift. They come not behind in any gift. Yet, they were divisions. So it doesn't take away with, you know, who you are in Christ. It doesn't take it away. In 1 Corinthians 2, 9, these same people he's talking to, he says, God has revealed the deep things of the spirit to them. These same people who have divisions. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, 12, and 13. He identifies them as spiritual. Then in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he now says to them, he couldn't speak to them as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ, because there's division among them. So he uses this to describe their conduct. Two Greek words to show you that they are reflecting the flesh and not the spirit in their conduct. 
It didn't change who they are. In 1 Corinthians 6, 3, 16, he said they are the temple of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 3, 9, he calls them God's husbandry. In 1 Corinthians 6, 11, he says they are sanctified, they are washed, they are justified. In 1 Corinthians 6, 17, he says they are one spirit with the Lord. Identification. In verse 20, he says you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. But that doesn't change the fact that you have to use that where you are, your conversation is involved. He now says to them, you are carnal. Even though I've called you all these things, you are still carnal. It doesn't mean we don't know who you are. We know who you are in Christ. But in your behavior, you are a very carnal person. You are a thief. You are a thief. You are always bitter. You are always carrying bitterly face. No sign of Jesus on you. You are as moody as the devil. And you cannot use your liberty as a cloak of maliciousness to serve sin. Rather, use your liberty to serve one another. Spiritual growth is not between you and yourself. Spiritual growth is between you, the word of God, and your conduct amongst men. Your conduct amongst men. Where is the first place we are going to see your conduct? Eh? Amongst believers. That's the first place. Amongst believers. Amongst believers. In 1 Corinthians 11, 18, a lot of things are discovered in your interactions amongst believers. Give me 1 Corinthians eleven eighteen. For first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there will be divisions among you and I partly believe it. He's talking to believers. So. Verse 19. For there must be also heresies among you that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. That those that are approved will be revealed, exposed, so that you know them. In Galatians 1, 6, he says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another. So it will show. It will reflect in your conduct. It will reflect in your disposition. That's why in Galatians 3, 1, he now calls them, Oh, foolish Galatians. That is a description of a spiritual state. It's not who you are in Christ. It's your disposition. Your conversation. It is your conversation that shows that you're foolish. Your conduct. It says, oh foolish Galatians. Referring to men who subsumed themselves and subjected themselves to legalism. He said, you can't be growing and be foolish. Who has bewitched you? You cannot begin in the spirit and seek to be perfected in the flesh. In Galatians chapter 4 verse 9 and 10. Look at what he says to them now. Galatians 4, 9 and 10. But now after that you have known God. Or rather are known of God. How turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements. Whereunto you desire again to be in bondage. Next verse. 
you observe days and months and times and years. You are back to, to elements. Someone who has been fed the word of God resort to legalism. That's no spiritual growth. That's no spiritual growth. He's not making progress. In Galatians 4.19, look at what he says. Brother Paul is still speaking here. Galatians, my little children of whom I travel in birth again until Christ be formed in you. So he identifies such things as threats of spiritual immaturity. Spiritual what? You're not growing. Don't forget what we call growth. Growth is a consistent thing all of your lifetime. You never stop growing. After understanding the facts of the gospel, you close your eyes and begin to eat bread and ribena. And you call it the body of Jesus. You're not growing at all. You are not growing when you move from the Holy Ghost within to Holy Ghost in a bottle of olive oil. You are not growing. These same people, he now said to them in Galatians 3.26, Galatians, are you getting blessed? Galatians, for you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. <laughs> so they are the children of God, but they are not growing. He told them in chapter 4 verse 6, you have received the spirit of adoption. But it's not automatic in your conduct. You will have to bring it to bear in your behavior. How you react to circumstances. How you react to life issues and men. How you react to doctrines of men is how you are growing spiritually. How you react to circumstances and situations. How you react to life issues and men. How you react to doctrines of men is how you are growing spiritually. It's not all talk. Spiritual growth is also seen. Spiritual growth will reflect in your conduct. In Galatians chapter 6 verse 1, see what brother Paul told the church at Galatia. He said to them, if a man, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, he which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Ye that are spiritual, let them which are spiritual. That means it can be seen. When we look, we can see those that are spiritual. So spirituality is seeable. We can see those that are spiritual. Earlier on in chapter 5, he says, walk in the spirit that you will not fulfill the loss of the flesh. Look at Galatians 5, 24 and 25. Galatians 5, 24 and 25. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with their affections and lost. Next verse. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. So he has told them who is in the spirit. Then he now says, if a man be overtaken, Ye that are spiritual, see that. So when you are walking in the spirit, can we see it? Talk to me, citizens. I want the radio audience to hear you. When you meet a man that is really in the spirit, joy is his disposition. See him smiling. You see him just beaming. Beaming with joy. They are not always moody. Even D.L. Moody was not always moody. 
Some of us here are not faithful. We are not loyal to our friends. We are full of betrayal. People will trust you. You stab them. People will open up to you. Yeah, you are wicked. In fact, you deserve to live in an island alone. You are not a true friend. You just easily betray people. You have no value for relationships. You have no value for life. You can even betray your father, your biological father. You are just not a faithful person. Your faithfulness is only to your stomach. Once we tell you something and somebody give you Coca-Cola, cold Coca-Cola, the moment you drink it, the fountain of life will open. Everything you've been told, even things you were told in secret, you vomit it. Your loyalty is to your stomach. You are a stomach worshiper. Food is your God. You are in the worship of food. You are a food worshiper. The poverty in your family must be very strong. Stronger than Olumarok. Such that once you see food, you have no control. Just put small biscuits. Cabin biscuit. Eh? With, with what? With cocoa juice. Gogo juice. Pobo. Eh? Pobo juice. I'll put some cabin biscuit with pobo juice. Say the other day as I was coming, you know this brother in church? That brother, now that tall one. He took me by the toilet. You know what he told me? <laughs> he carried the pobo juice first. So that there is value for this gist. Tobo. Zobo. Oh, is it Zobo? There's pobo. Uh, there's pobo, there's zobo, honey. Then when there is zobo and pobo on the table with cabin biscuit and butter, he, his mother, he will tell you about his mother, his father. He will finish his family. He has, he has a, he's a profane. Say profane. Say profane. It means he's a man of no value. He is a victim of profanity. He's a profane man. Profane woman. Job, job man. Say job woman. Or she say job woman. No secrets. Make sure you don't tell some people something. You know. Once Popo and Zobo appear. Even if they swear, I swear to God, I will not tell anybody. <laughs> when they see Popo, they will remember swear. They will only remember the gist. You need loyal people. You need loyal friends. Let me tell you, there's no ministry in the world that will build impact and influence without loyal people. No ministry. We need loyal leaders, loyal members, loyal disciples. We need loyal people that are serving and believe in this ministry and believe in the vision and are sold out to it. That's how to generate a global move of God. With loyal people. You are not kind. You don't suffer long. You don't know how to bear with people. You don't know how to tolerate people. That shows you are not walking in the spirit. 
Because the fruit of the spirit is not for God. The fruit of the spirit is for men. It's not God that needs your patience. It's not God that needs your long suffering. It's not God that needs your joy. Your long suffering, your patience, your joy is amongst men. It's not defining peace in the Greek. You know the word peace in the Greek is the word Irene. E-I-R-E-N-E. And in your whole life you are not at peace with anybody. But you can define it in Greek. Keep your Greek, my brother. Let's see it in Ibibio. Amongst men. You fight your neighbors. You fight your other people in, at work. You fight your head. You're just a fighter. Even on the road, you fight a tree that is just standing by itself. You go to the tree and hit it. You're not growing. You're not growing. You're just growing because it's reflecting in your conduct. See, that sister doesn't talk to anybody. She's a quiet sister. She is always by herself. She is spiritual. <laughs> she's carnal. Very, she's highly carnal. If Jesus was like that, even King James will not use red later. I know I am. But Jesus spoke with sinners. Eh? He spoke with men. He spoke with women. He spoke with boys. He spoke with children. And they spoke to him. And he answered them. True or false? That's spirituality. Jesus interacted with people. Even Pilate, he spoke back to Pilate. He wasn't praying all the time. Some of you, every time we see you carry face as if you are praying. Meanwhile, you are very carnal. Say good afternoon, brush. Bless you. You are as carnal as carnal can be. That's why you're behaving like that. People that are spiritual don't need to prove it. You're going around proving a point because you know you're not. You're fake. I'm teaching good. So spiritual growth is what we see. What we see. Some people cannot live among men. All we know of you is you pray very loud. And in the morning you disturb everybody in the compound. <laughs> and yet, you don't pay your compound dues. You are the only one that don't pay water bill and nepa bill. But your prayer will make them not to sleep. Noise pollution. When Jesus wanted to pray that kind of prayer, he went to the wilderness. Any day you want to pray like that, where do you go? Ah ah, imbecile, asutan. There's a place by that side. Go there and enter. And When you finish, you come back. When you are among us, pray quietly. How can your prayer be giving people insomnia? 
your prayer ought to heal sickness. But because of your prayer, people are having sleepless nights. You are traveling somewhere, you are in a bus. And you are praying loud inside the bus. Inside bus. The, to show you that that prayer is not prayer. He's just a troublemaker. He's not a troublemaker. When God now bl- allow you to buy a car, you are not praying inside the car. Spiritual growth is what we see. What is spiritual growth? I pray in the night. Mama is sleeping. I make sure she doesn't hear me. So that I don't wake up from sleep. I pray. I pray quietly. So you won't know that I'm praying. You your own. Hello, boy, Hello, boy, You go and stand by the window. Hello, 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 hello. All the tenants have gone and met the landlord. I said, landlord, sack him. We will refund you his rent. It's a bad behavior in this house. You are laughing. It's a serious matter. People must see your conduct. People must what? They must see your conduct. Your conduct amongst men is the growth. That is what reflects your spiritual quality and progress amongst men. Look at James. There are indicators. And there are, these are things you will use in knowing. James 1, 2. James 1, 2. How you know that somebody is growing spiritually? James chapter 1, verse 2. Put it up quickly, brother, so that I can wrap up, wrap up this teaching. We continue tomorrow. My brethren, are you in the house? When I say my brethren, shout, eh, my brethren, count it all joy. When you fall into diverse temptations, count it what? By the time you see that you are, you, 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 you do more murmuring and complaining than joy, you are not growing. When your life is full of more murmuring and complaining than joy, you are not, that's an indicator. Because as you are growing, you outgrow the problems of this world. You sit in the midst of problems, you have joy. Paul is in prison. Paul is where? He's writing later to people that are not in prison. And he's telling them, rejoice again, I say. How can a man in prison be admonishing a man that is not in prison? Joy is the fruit of salvation. Joy is the serious business of heaven. When people are really with Christ, when people are in Christ, what flows out of them? Joy. Zego deish. Brenna, no, 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 no. Zekolo de bo Some believers, every time they talk to you, problem, 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 so that everybody's avoiding them. Are you not a believer? Rejoice that you are born again at least. Let's start from there. Count it all joy. Look at James 119. Another indicator. James 119. We are for my beloved brethren. Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. My beloved what? Brethren. That's growth. Are you slow to speak? Some people at home, in school, at work, they, they don't know how to talk. They just talk anyhow. 
You say, no, that is me. I just talk anyhow. No, that's not you. That's carnality. There's something about growth. It, res- it, it controls the way you talk. There's a restraint it puts on you. You cannot be reacting that way. No. Lay aside all filthiness. Who will lay it aside? You. James 1.21 Glory to God. If you are blessed in this short service, shout glory to God. Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Next verse. Oh, I love this. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Next verse. For if any be a doer, a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Next verse. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgeteth what manner of man he was. Next verse. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This man. Where is this man? Where is this man? Where is this man? This man shall be blessed in his deeds. So you will know when you see. Look at the kind of things that will reflect whether you are growing or not. Number one, rejoice. If you are such a person, look at James chapter 2 verse 1. Let me show you something. James chapter 2 verse 1. My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. We do not respect persons. In the sense that we treat persons better than persons. We do not. If you are such a person that celebrates people based on the cloth they wear, the car they parked, and the phone they carried, it shows you are not growing. You are an usher. Somebody comes to church and his trouser is doing lift him up higher, lift him up higher, and his shirt is doing all around, all around. You carry him and put him under the gallery. You go and put him under the gallery. Then somebody enters with a an iPhone, the latest, with golden cover and a nice suit with nice perfume. You tell him, my brother in Christ. Before you enter, the Lord showed you to me. You carry him and give him an important seat. You are very carnal. And you are not growing. The person that you should give a good seat is that brother whose trouser is shouting, lift him high. You understand? His shirt is doing all around. <laughs> Why are you laughing now? I hope you are right in this one. You've been laughing for close to 30 minutes. <laughs> How far? <laughs> Glory to God. You don't have such respect. You treat brethren. Not based on status, but based on Christ. He now gave the example of Abraham's lifestyle. It reflected right standing with God. He said, if you have faith, will your faith save anybody? This is James talking spiritual growth. He said, it has to be the works of your faith. 
People that were fighting James had a bad conduct because James was what James was saying is that faith will save nobody. It is the works of your faith that will save people. He says, somebody says, I'm hungry. You tell him, come close, come close, come close, come close. As he gets close, you put your right hand on his stomach. He had tongongs and gengesh. Beans, legodaga, rice, ikatobaya, stew, jakota, protein, ninga, ninga. <laughs> the brother is hungry. And you are tonguing into his stomach. No. He said, don't say be filled, be blessed. He said, give him that which he is in need of. Give him food. Leave prayer. Just give him food and, and forget about. You think he doesn't know how to pray? <laughs> you want to teach him prayer? <laughs> Your response amongst men. Then he begins to talk about your tongue in James chapter 3 verse 6. Your tongue. Your tongue shows whether you're growing or not. You have to curb your tongue. You have to tame your tongue. He says a little member, but it boasts great things. And he said that your tongue can be placed in the fire of hell. And it can put your body on a course of fire. In Ephesians chapter 4, brother Paul now begins to write, in chapter 1, 2, and 3, you will see how Paul lays the foundation of Christian conduct. conduct. Just like Peter. He begins to say he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. Then he says, we are seated with Christ in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5 and 6. Then he now says, you are saved by grace through faith in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. Then he now says, you are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Then he now says, by one spirit... You are brought into his family. Ephesians 2.18. And 19, he says, you are no longer strangers. Then in Ephesians 3.20, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think, according to the power that worketh in you. Then in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1, he now says, therefore, based on all I have said, you are born of God. Therefore, because you are a new creature in Christ, Therefore, because you are a son, walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. Ephesians 4.1 Walk worthy. Based on these things, walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. He has already shown you the hope of this calling by showing you who you are. He said because of this, he now begins to identify you in different spheres. He talks about you as a parent. He talks about you as a son, as a servant, and as a master. He talks about every sphere of your influence. He now says, walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. It shows that your lifestyle as a believer is like a career. Your lifestyle as a believer is like a career. You must live that way. It's like when you come amongst men, you are resuming an office. The office of the man in Christ. When you come amongst men, you have just resumed an office. The office of the man in Christ. So your behavior must reflect. In Ephesians chapter 4 verse 18, 4, 18 and 20, see the way brother Paul now spoke to those brethren. Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. 20, but you have not so learned Christ. 
The word learn is the word montano. Montano is a verb in the Greek. What you have realized and what you have reflected upon. You have not so learned Christ. I found out that that word montano is found in your experience. You are not taught to behave like other Gentiles. Montano. says put on the Lord Jesus Christ. That is put him on. Put Jesus on like a garment. We are Christ. Let people identify you with Christ. That is spiritual growth. The same way you put on the whole armor of God. We are the new man in Christ in your conduct, in your behavior. Let it reflect. It begins to tell you, let him that stole, stole, steal no more. It tells you, put off the old man, put on the Lord Jesus and make no provision for the flesh. So spiritual growth is always, always a reaction. How you react. He concludes by saying in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 31. Ephesians 4.31 Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Next verse. And be kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake had forgiven you. Chapter 5 verse 1. Be therefore followers of God as their children. Mimitos. Be followers of God as their children. Be followers of God as their children. Be what? That is, act out God in your character. Act God out. Act out God in your character. Let your character reflect God. So, ladies and gentlemen, your spiritual growth will be experienced where? Amongst men. And part of spiritual growth is your commitment to the gospel. Your partnership with the gospel this year. Your commitment to the cause. Your commitment to the assignment that God has given to us. Where we are going to blanket and commit ourselves to raising disciples. Building strong local assemblies all over the world. Look at Luke chapter 8 verse 1 and 2. Pay attention. Pay attention. Luke chapter 8 verse 1 and 2. And it came to pass afterward that he went throughout every city and village. He went throughout where? Every city and village. Preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. Next verse. And certain women. If you are sitting by a woman, say woman. If you are a woman sitting by a woman, say woman. If you are a man sitting by a woman, only the man should say woman. Woman, don't call that man woman. If you are sitting by a woman, say, woman. Certain women. Look, I have told pastors who follow me. If you are a minister and a number of women in your church decide to support your ministry, you have succeeded. The greatest supporters of Jesus' ministry were women. Women. Because women can be passionate and women are builders. When women believe in what you're doing and support it, it works. And we have many women in Power City. Power City, Uyo, and Power City all over the world. We have women. Certain women. 
which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. That is, people that the ministry of Jesus has impacted. Let me ask all of you here. Has this ministry affected you? All those online and on television and in campuses. This ministry has affected you. So because Jesus' ministry has impacted them, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. Look at impact. Then look at what happened as a result of impact. Next verse. And Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, which ministered unto him of their substance. Because of the impact of his ministry, they now could not keep their resources from his ministry. Because you know that the same way his ministry affected them, if they make it available, it will affect others. I'm teaching here. People gave for you to hear. If you give to this ministry, much more people will hear. This morning, Mama was playing Kaman. If you know Kaman, Kaman is an American musician. He's been singing from the 80s. Kaman, actually from the 70s. Kaman. You know, we almost brought him to this church. You know, we spoke to him on phone. He wanted to come. Then things didn't work out for him to come. But we, we love Kaman. His music, you know, he is a Christ man. He goes all over the world. He died a year or two ago. He died with cancer. So this morning, Mama was playing Kaman in the house. The whole room was vibrating with Kaman as if Kaman was physically there. I shook my head like this. After dancing a few minutes to that music, I shook my head. I said, technology. Kaman has died. But he's singing in my room as if he's still alive. Your resources will make us preserve the legacy of this gospel. So that your children's children's children will not hear charlatans. They will hear what you're hearing. See, I hear you. It is your support to this ministry that will make it happen. It's because Kaman's messages were put on online. That's why we could play it. And it takes money to do all of that. They gave to Jesus. His ministry affected them. It's not enough to say Dr. Damina. Dr. Damina. Your teaching ministry. Dr. Damina. I didn't know who I was in Christ till I began to listen. Dr. Damina. I listened to you light night and our ministry is so generous. All our teachings, you can find them for free online. You can find all our teachings for free. We, we, we make it as easy as possible. It is ministries like this, your money should be coming to like water. Because ministries like this are sold out to equipping believers to know who they are. It's ministries like this that should give you a reason to go and do business and make more money. I'm telling you, I'm not joking. If I was a member of this ministry and not the pastor, I would do everything to support his ministry like this. I'm not joking. They minister to him of their substance. Put it up, brother. Give me the, 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 the message translation of verse 3. The message translation of verse 3. The message translation of verse 3. Message. Message translation. What's wrong with this person? Joanna, wife of Chusa, Herod's manager, and Susanna, along with many others, who used their considerable means to provide for the company. They provided. So that you know that substance is not talking about cocaine. Substance there is money. <laughs> the minister team of their cocaine. No, of their money. this morning I read a few things and I like to read it right now what givers mean to a local church 
a giver isn't a spontaneous donor. One who gives during services alone. He is dedicated. He's a dedicated sponsor. He's a generous financial partner of a local church. He supports his pastor and the ministry. He gives with the church in mind. He doesn't carelessly and frivolously give. He's always intentional about his giving. He focuses on the needs of the church when he gives. He's always available and accessible to give. And he prospers. The church also prospers materially as he prospers. He isn't doing it for publicity. He does it to men. To his church on behalf of God. That's a giver. That's a giver. He's intentional. When he wants to give, he calculates. This money I'm giving, will it solve a problem in the ministry? Will it impact? Will it accomplish something? He doesn't just carelessly give. Because he's serious about helping the ministry to make progress. What do givers mean to a local church? Well, first and foremost, there will be no local church if there are no givers. There will be no local church. We will it have been gathered here under this beautiful place, seated comfortably, taking notes. If we are being chased from one side of you to another because we don't have rent to pay, as we are chasing, we will be missing some of you till finally we will not find anybody. It's because people gave that we got this property. It's because people gave that we fixed this building. It's because people gave that from here we have generated an influence of God's word that is radiating all over the nations. And it's because people are still giving. That's why this ministry is still continuing. Am I talking to somebody here? Yes. If there was no money, we won't be gathered here. The generator that is powering this light right now, diesel is burning. Every second you are sitting here, diesel is burning. All of these lights are consumables. They keep dying. We keep changing them. Everything you see here is because people gave. The wise men who came to Jesus when he was born from the east and brought treasures to Jesus is argued that it was those resources they gave that enabled Joseph and Mary to carry Jesus to Egypt. And that is what sustained Jesus in Egypt. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been able to escape with Jesus. So givers are provide, they are, they are vital in the planting of local churches. If we're going to plant local churches, we need givers. We need givers. The other day we were in Cameroon. It cost a lot to have gone to that trip. It cost a lot. Both by flight, by road, and the conference itself. It's givers that make it happen. When you see multiple local church plantings, in any ministry, it is givers that are making it possible. They make their property available and free. And they get, give all that is needed to get church. I was sharing this morning service. The brother in Enugu who gave our Enugu campus his hotel conference room. I went there. Beautiful place. Comfortable. That's where they meet. And he says they should meet there as long as Power City exists. It's a hotel event center. Beautiful. Furnished. He said, take it. I'm a member of Power City. Use it. You are telling me of that brother. Come, 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 Dr. Gabriel. Tell them. Tell them of that brother because I don't want to mix the story. That brother. The brother in the discipleship training school. Yes. Who is actually a member formerly of St. Molumba in a Catholic church. Okay. During the discipleship program, because of the impact of the gospel, he decided to give, he decided to give his property in, in River State to the ministry, Power City to use in his own hotel. That whatever it takes to be put together, furnished and put it together, we should let him know. 
the pastor had gone to see the place. The place is already being prepared. He's even disturbing that he wants to know so that I can get the place running. Power City. If people are not giving like that, if you're clapping, clap. That's a good place to clap. If people are not giving like that, you know, I told you people of Togo, did I tell you? Of Togo. A brother in Togo campus built a place and gave them. And because they have outgrown the place, he has given them another property that is building. There are people like you with families with needs, with desires to do more for themselves, but they suspend their desire for the kingdom. One of the brothers who pays for a radio station in Enugu, I mean in Onicha, was telling me this morning, I have the text in my phone. He said, Papa, we're on four radio stations. One radio station is being funny. I have decided to make it six radio stations. This cost has to get everywhere. In Zambia, the other day, a group of our members gathered in Zambia, paid for a radio station, and said, send us material. We are paid for. We want the message all over Zambia. It is people like you. That is why givers are critical in the move of God. Because we live in a world where it takes money to get things done. Say, I hear you. I'm not hearing you. I want to hear you louder. Givers. Very critical. Very vital to the work of God. Givers make God's word reach more people. Givers sponsor the spread of the gospel. They pay for mission work. Either it's trips or the media outreach. They give for books to be printed and given for free. And we have a free book distribution in this church. Where we print books. Complete books. Well printed. And they are given out for free. We have magazines. We just gave out 10,000 magazines. Between November and December. Another one is gone to the press. Because these are platforms through which people will be discipled and educated. And give us. Make it happen. Give us ensure we don't just prophesy and pray for the harvest. They make the harvest happen. Reinhard Bonke said, prayer without the actual act of evangelism is shooting an arrow nowhere. After you have prayed, it is going to the field that directs the prayer to its target. And how can they go without, a, how can they go if they be not sent? In the sending is where money comes. In the sending, they are sent. No man goes to no man goes to to war at his own charge. There's a sending that takes place. If I'm if I'm communicating, can I have a powerful amen? They never say it's too much. They are not like Judas. Ah ah, what a waste. This thing can could have been sold and the money could have been used for the poor. Jesus said the poor you will always have. Give us know that it's not the responsibility of the pastor who teaches to sponsor the gospel. No, it's not his responsibility. I do the teaching. You bring your money and we push the gospel out. Say, I hear you. Give us the gift to influence the influence. The gift to influence the influence. Who will not love givers? I'm yet to find a pastor anywhere in the world that doesn't love givers. I'm here to find one. Give us ensure that the pastor is not stranded or distracted. They ensure the pastor is the head of the congregation. Jesus restating the prophet said, strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. What affects the pastor affects the congregation. This includes finances and give us prevent pastors from being under pressure 
givers. They ensure that pastor is not homeless. He doesn't go hungry. And his basic necessities are supplied. Givers. Like the woman in the scripture. They give expensive things to their pastors. They give expensive things. They give cars and houses. They even give jets. If the ministry has grown to where it needs a jet to meet up with his schedules, givers will give it. They never see anything too much as long as it is for the advancement of the kingdom. They will give anything. Oh sure, there are people that will be hypocritical and they will call it a waste. But they are not part of the army so they don't know what is a waste and what is not a waste. It is we that are wearing the shoe that knows where it pinches. They make sure pastor is fine. Give us get attention from pastor like the brethren we just read about. There's no pastor that will not give special attention to givers. There's none. Because they are playing a major part in the achievement of the vision of the ministry. The only prayer of brother Paul for material blessing was for the church at Philippi. He didn't pray that for any other church. My God shall supply. It's only the church in Philippi he prayed for that prayer. Givers are special to all pastors. Don't be deceived. Givers are special to all pastors anywhere in the world. What givers means to the church? The absence or shortage of givers in any local church might be the demise of that church. Might be the final demise of that church. No matter how graced a local church is, its vision will be determined by the percentage of givers in that church. The vision of that church, no matter the grace in that church, it is the givers in that church that determine the percentage of the fulfillment of that vision. Needs of members will come who, who require support. In Jerusalem, givers will sell to give. In Antioch, they contributed to meet needs. Givers make it possible for the local church not to get distracted by such issues. In givers lies the secret of many local strong churches all over the world. A brother asked me the other day that there are some churches in America that preach grace, but they don't take offering. I said, don't say that because you're not a member of their church. Those churches in America that preach grace and don't take offering, they have members in the church that have decided to partner with the church in millions of dollars. So because the money is too much, they don't even bother about offering. They just put offering baskets at the entrance of the church, at the door as you are coming, drop anything you have. Because the budget is already taken care of. When the money is too much. Honey, you know, during lockdown, there's a church, I don't want to call their name. It's one of those churches that preach false doctrine. False doctrine. But they collect tight in that church. During lockdown, the church, I got their letter from somebody who's close to them. It's a global church. They, they wrote a letter and said to their members, during this lockdown, God has pro prospered our church for, for over these years. So during this lockdown, we have decided to refund every member because there's pressure under the lockdown. People don't have money. We are giving you back your tight what three years, every member in the church. Too much money that they could afford to refund three years worth of tight. Yet the members are sponsoring a gospel that is antichrist. People are giving generously for a cause that is not even of God. 
That's a challenge to those of us that are exposed to the truth of the gospel. Give us, make it very possible for the local church not to be distracted. They are not absent even though they are givers. They are there for prayer meeting. They are there for Bible study. They are there for evangelism. They are there in workers meeting and they fund church projects. Anyone who does it is not a manipulator. Give us, pray with us, preach with us and they get discipled and disciple with us. Every church needs and will keep needing givers. Every church. Givers don't give in seasons. The church in Thessalonica gave during recession. In and out of season. Now here is the question. Look at me everybody. Here's the question. Both online in the house, in the campuses, on TV. Are you that giver in church? Are you serious about world evangelism? Are you serious about more disciples for the kingdom? Are you serious about more move of the spirit? More outreaches? Are you serious about a focused pastor? Are you serious about consistent training of the spirit? Then be the reason today. Be the joy of this local church and all our campuses. Be that giver. Make up your mind this year to partner us for the next one year with an exceptional commitment. Exceptional. And today we're renewing partnership. We're renewing partnership. There are two categories I'm going to call. The first category are partners that want to partner every month. Every month for the next 12 months. And to partner with your best commitment. The second category are those that are in the Abel Damina partnership initiative. The partnership initiative are for those who are asking to know our monthly budget. Every month. And they want to give a substantial support to help us meet our monthly budget. Those are the people in Abel Damina partnership initiative. It's different from the partners. Partners, whatever you have. Initiative, those who want to know what is the budget. Let me see how much percent of that budget I can support. Now, if you're watching online, you're going to send me a mail and indicate whether you want to be a partner or you want to be in the Abel Damina Partnership Initiative. You have to indicate and listen carefully. When you shoot a mail to Dr. Abel Damina at yahoo.com, renewing your partnership, whether from the campuses, online, television, whichever platform you're following. Once you send the mail, make sure your WhatsApp number is in the mail because this year I'm going to have a WhatsApp line for all partners of this ministry where I can reach out to you steadily. Where if you have a need, you can reach out and we can pray for you. Want to spend extra time to pray for you because with more partners, we can shake the world with the gospel of Christ. So if you want to partner with us today from the campuses, online, around the world, shoot that mail to Dr. Abel Damina at yahoo.com indicating whether you want to be partner or you want to join the initiative. Then finally, today I'm going to challenge everybody in this house, online, in the campuses. We are raising money for the first phase of our projects this year, between now and the month of March and April. You want to support us, you want to give a one-time commitment. By the end of this month is the redemption time. You want to give a one-time commitment of $10,000, a $1,000, $2,000, $5,000, $500, $100. Somebody say, why dollars? Because most of the things that we are doing with global outreach are in dollars. 
Most of them, 90%. TVO, social media, all the outreaches, then dollars. That's why we're using dollars because that's where, how, that's, you know, majorly where we spend money in. Okay, you want to support with a hundred dollars, five hundred, a thousand, five thousand, two thousand, ten thousand dollars, or you know, whatever currency you want to support with tangibly towards our budget for the year. You know, I, I was already looking at our budget for the first phase about two hundred and seventy something thousand dollars for the first phase, first few months to just get things put in their proper places for the things we want to do this year. So, you want to support, you want to give one time commitment. Thereafter, you continue with your partnership from February, March, April till the year is over. Or you continue with your Abel Damina initiative in other things that we'll be doing that has to do with ministry. And of course, if you're in the initiative, we will keep you posted with what is going on. Okay, so commitment, one-time commitment, then your partnership commitment for the year. Alright, just shoot me a mail, Dr. Abel Damina at yahoo.com with your partnership, I mean with your WhatsApp number, your partnership commitment every month or your initiative commitment and your one-time giving to this ministry to enable us start off with the first phase of work. Finally, in church here, yeah, they're going to distribute the forms to you. You want to renew your partnership, upgrade your partnership. There are two columns in that form. The first column is for monthly partnership, what you want to give towards it. And the second column is your one-time gift between and the end of this month to help us with our first budget for the year. You want to give a million, two million, five million, ten million. You want to give a hundred thousand, fifty thousand, ten thousand. According to your ability, if a man giveth according to what he has, it is acceptable. The ushers are going to go around, can collect the forms, and I want to thank all of you old partners who have partnered with us up till now. You can upgrade, you can renew your commitment together. We blanket the world with the gospel. While people online and in campuses are shooting emails. The, the forms are going around. If you need a form, just stretch your hand. They will put the form in your hand. You fill the form. Make sure your WhatsApp number is in it. Make sure you put the right WhatsApp number because it's important to keep you updated with what God is doing around the nations of the earth. The ushers are going around. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The ushers are going around. Online, don't forget the email is Damina at yahoo.com. Drabel, D-R-A-B-E-L-D-A-M-I-N-A at yahoo.com. Praise God. I said praise God. This year we'll do more. Amen? Tell your neighbor we'll do much more. This year. Somebody say I'll make much more money for the work of God. I didn't hear powerful amen. You need a paper? Anybody else? You need a paper? They have not answered. If you lift your hand, I will send them to you. Okay. You need a paper? You need your need a form? They have not brought yours? I will send them to you. Anybody else? Up, down, anywhere? Praise God. Alright, so you will fill the forms and I will get them from you at the end of the service. Amen? Stand on your feet. Let's take the honor offerings as we get ready to go. Praise God. Are you happy? Don't your neighbor say, hey neighbor. The fruit of your growth will be experienced by me. You're not doing it well. Say, hey neighbor. The fruit of your growth will be experienced by me. I'm the beneficiary of your spiritual growth. Your spiritual growth will not benefit you. It will benefit me. I didn't hear a powerful amen. Grab your honor offerings. Let's honor Jesus. Online, the banking details are scrolling for our honor offerings. In the campuses, TV, social media, 
We give in faith. We give with joy. We are excited about the goodness of God. I didn't hear a powerful hallelujah. Amen. Grab your honor offerings. Father, thank you for the privilege to give. Thank you for everyone that is giving to us partnership. We rejoice that every need is met this year. We rejoice that our capacity to influence the world with the gospel increases. And partners are stepping up. Partners are giving. Partners are generous. Partners are intentional. And partners are willing in this day of your power. So we rejoice that together we will shake the world with the gospel like never before. In the name of Jesus. Now as we give our, our partner our honor offerings in worship. We rejoice that our offerings are a sweet smell before you today. In Jesus name we pray. And every believer says a powerful amen. Glory! Online TV and all the platforms. We will be signing you off in another few minutes. I'm waiting for your mails and you'll get my reply today, today and tomorrow. And I want to make sure that you know you don't miss out. Tomorrow we're live at 5.30. I mean at 6 p.m. We're here in church at 5.30 for our, our Monday to Friday teachings on daily basis and our fasting as we prepare for the year. We love you guys. We're excited. Always a joy to serve you the grace of God. Amen. Anyone on the pulpit to drop your offerings? Hit the music. Let's do it. As we we trust that Hallelujah. you have been blessed by Somebody this make message. To order the complete series of this message and all the messages by Dr. Abel Daminer, please call plus 234-806-800-9939 or email powercityoffice at gmail.com.